Hi, I'm Rob McConkie. Welcome to the Happy Hacker Goes West in 2022. I'm with 150 golfers travelling through Western Queensland, playing a couple of rounds of golf each weekend at Roma, Tambo, Buckhalden, Winton, The Isar and Birdsville. We're all after the winner's gold jacket and a million dollars for a hole-in-one at Birdsville. On the way, I'm checking out the vibe of the local communities in Western Queensland. What makes them tick? The second round of the Outback Queensland Masters Golf Tournament is in Tambo. Tiny Tambo, population 360, and the home of Tambo Teddies. Tambo's also one of the oldest, if not the oldest town in the central west of Queensland. And today I'm with Mary Sutherland, the founder of Tambo Teddies. I actually was born in Hamley Bridge in South Australia. My mother came from there. She just happened to go home to when she was having me. But my brother and sister that were born in Blackall. You couldn't be born in Tambo. The hospital wasn't sort of catering for any maternity at that stage. But you did grow up I in Tambo? I grew up here. I came into the state school in Tambo, stayed at a student hostel that was opened up here when I was seven year old and I haven't sort of haven't been back at Mount Playfair where I grew up. Why did you come into the hostel at seven years of age? Because I could run away from my mother and she couldn't catch me. And she was trying to teach me school. So, Tell us a little bit about Mount Playfair. Oh, Mount Playfair is on, on the way to the Salvatore Rosa National Park. So it's beautiful country. It's completely different to the Tambo country. There's mountains there and all that there was plenty of scrub there in those days. Most of it's been pulled since. Was it good sheep country? No, it was cattle country then. Always yeah. cattle country? Always cattle out there and it always will be. It's not sheep country there. But in the t- surrounding area, Tambo itself is, is good sheep country? Oh, yes. The Downs country around Lansdowne and all the properties, Tambo Station, that they all had sheep years ago, but now most of them have gone to cattle. What's the difference between cattle country and sheep country? Uh, the sheep country softer country yeah. and it's open downs mostly. Um, it's not good when you put big fat cattle on it and their big fat feet and they trample it all down. It's sort of different where the harder country is cattle country. So you went to school from the age of seven. What was it like boarding at the age of seven? I knew nothing different. Yeah. It was just... There were a lot of kids from the country areas that were living at the hostel then. I think there were about 20, 20 kids there. And was there somebody who acted like your mum? Oh, yes, there was a matron there and a, and a, I don't know, cook. Were you well-behaved or were you naughty? Oh, I won't <laughs> say I was really well-behaved. I got into a fair bit of trouble at times. Yeah. But and did you like school? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, I did. Tambo's a gorgeous little town. There are lots of little old Queensland. It's really retained its character. And it was opened up. It, it became part of the Central West very, very early on. Yes. Well, they've kept all the old buildings in town, the post office, the courthouse. Now, Mary, you left Tambo briefly or for a few years. Where did you go? When I went to boarding school, I was at St Hilda's in Southport. And then from there, I went jillarooing. I was probably one of the first jillaroos around, and we went. Up, I went up to Mount Garnet, up near Cairns. Then I came back and had a job at Wyandra, which is a little town between Charleville and Cunnamulla. 
and that's where I met my future husband down there and we got married lived there for three years before we came up to Lansdowne here as Ian was the overseer here at Lansdowne. Now Lansdowne was a big property. Yes Lansdowne was a very good sheep cattle well it hardly had any cattle at that stage they had a lot of horses and it was sheep country and beautiful sheep country and they still run stud sheep there but not as many. And it was a big community at Lansdowne? Oh yes, we. <laughs> it was wonderful. We had eight families there and everybody had kids, so all the kids grew up together. We had jackaroos there and that was good because they were the life of the party. We used to have tennis games and everything out there. Um, it was like a little community of its own. Now I believe when the wool price crashed at the end of the reserve price scheme in the early 1990s that was when people started getting out of sheep in the tambo area mainly yes that's right they have a lot because cattle prices then were pretty good and they are now too so um yeah they they went into cattle um and that was more or less when drought struck too and that was the worst thing the early 90s were shocking drought yes that was why we started Tambo Teddies, actually, because the crash of the wool market and the fact that it was drought, there wasn't much employment going on. And so we actually had a, what they called a future search workshop to... Uh, the government came out and they sort of organised this future works, workshop. And what, what it was, we were putting ideas together to see how we could create more business for the town, boost the town and get the tourists out here. And voila, Tambo Teddies. But it couldn't have been that simple. Oh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't that simple. I was actually the coordinator of the Future Search Workshop. That was how I came in, became involved. And one of the little schemes that was put up by one of the ladies said, Tambo Teddies, it sounds good. Why don't we make teddies? But who could sew? None of us. <laughs> None of us. Had, well, because we wanted to use wool because that was the idea, because it was wool country. And to sew sheepskins, you've got to have a special machine, so none of us knew how to do it. So we organised a second-hand machine to come out, and we bought a few couple of sheepskins, and we just learnt how to do it. <laughs> and how many women were involved, and how many people were involved in those early days? Oh, there were three of us that actually started the Tambo Teddies, yeah. Um, and at that stage, we didn't know what we were doing, really. But anyway, I made the first teddy. And what was it called? What was the first Tambo teddy? We didn't name it at all. We yeah. just kept it, and we didn't number it or anything, and it's still there. Um, so it looked all right. But then uh, some, of the, some of the ones we made to begin with just did not... <laughs> they did not gel. But anyway, we got going, and... The worst thing was trying to get the sheepskins and get nice ones that were easy to sew. And we found a supplier, so we got a few sheepskins out and we made about 20 of them. We took them down to Charleville and they sold like hotcakes. Everybody just loved them, absolutely loved them. So then we thought, oh, well, maybe we are onto something here. And what do you reckon you sold the first Tambo Teddies for? Oh, $20, I think. And how many hours work in a Tambo Teddy? How many? You, you obviously weren't paying yourself a lot of money in those days. No, we definitely weren't. And probably the first Teddy I made took me a couple of days to make, yeah. <laughs> just because I, you know, and I'd hate to pull it apart and look at the sewing either because it would be a bit motley anyway. <laughs> To 
Today we're with Mary Sutherland, the founder of Tambo Teddies. This is the Happy Hacker Goes West in 2022, and I'm Rob McConkie. How did you feel when you came back from Charleville and you'd sold, they'd sold like hotcakes? Well, then we had orders too, so we had to get in and make some more. And, yeah, it was a great feeling because we thought, oh, well, maybe this might be something special. And then we, it sort of got that to that stage that a few other people heard about them and they wanted them for their kids, and so we started off. And then we applied to the wool board to put the wool mark on the teddies. And they actually refused to give it to us because they said there was leather involved in the sheepskin. It wasn't pure wool. So that was when Charm Ryrie, one of our um, owners, she got on to 7.30 report and reported it to them that the wool board wouldn't give us the wool mark for the. So 7.30 report came out and did a story on us. Well, that was it. It just took off like wildfire. We got orders coming in from everywhere, so we had to put a girl on to answer the phone and we had to get another girl in to start sewing. And we sort of ended up with the production line and that was where it started. What did it mean for the women who were involved? Because I imagine they were getting a few a few bob out of it to work there and it would have meant that they were getting a bit of an independent income. Oh yes, and that was one of the reasons we did start. We wanted to increase the employment in the town. It didn't matter whether it was men or women but employment was one thing. Um, the tourist industry because we wanted to create something that was special to Tambo and bring the tourists here and make them stop. We didn't have a great deal for them to look at, so that was one thing, and they came in and they'd come come into the little old building where we were in and have a sticky beak and see what we were up to. And when did you get to the stage where you're starting to make different sorts of Tambo teddies and, and give them a passport? Ah, uh, well, we never gave them a passport. But they have got unique numbers. They, yes, we numbered them very first one actually except for the first one that I made then we <laughs> went, then we decided we would name them after properties in the Tambo area and number them and keep a record of who made them what they were called and where they went who bought them how far afield did the Tambo teddies go oh, they've gone all over the world we had a lady who was in America she used to always ring us up and buy some mm. um, Canada England royalty of Oh, yes, royalty have got some. <laughs> what did you get out of it? What did you, how did you feel? Was it a bit overwhelming or was it, did you feel in control? Oh, I never felt in control, no. <laughs> no, um, it wasn't overwhelming. It was just pure joy, really, more than anything. Joy from what? Joy from making, joy from selling, joy yeah, being, being networking with women. Oh, I loved work, making them, actually. Yeah. That was a good thing. But my hands, in, in the end, my hands sort of took the toll of it, but... Um, it was more that and the people that used to come in you'd meet different people I've met so many people over the years and what about the community did you get support from the Tambo Council yeah they were really good to us they gave us a room to use and free power and everything to start us off and then when we did get a little bit bigger when they shifted their offices from where they used to be in the front of the Shire Hall, they shifted to a new building and they let us have their um, rooms that they used and then we had a bit more room there and we were able to keep going. I can almost hear the sound of sewing machines, the chatter amongst people and the smell of lanolin. 
<laughs> not a lot of lanolin left yeah. in the wool by the time it was, yeah. you know, the sheepskins are tanned and the wool we used for stuffing, it had to be nice and clean and everything, so there wasn't a lot of lanolin in it. But, yeah, look, it was just good and we had so many people working for us that just enjoyed it. How many people working for you? We probably had about 12 at that yeah. stage, either cutting out... Uh, sewing or packing up the teddies to send away and I think they've still got a lot of people working for them. And how many teddies could you produce? Mass production or everyone is individually sewn? Yeah, no, it wasn't mass production. Um, We were lucky if we probably got 20 teddies made in a day, you know. Um, They're not easy to do. They do take time to make. I mean, the first first one took a couple of days, but then we got it down to maybe about an hour to sew one. But I used to take them home and stuff them at night and sew, you know, and do everything more or less. So it was a time-consuming thing. I have a personal story with the Tambo Teddies. One of my staff had a very bad, t- bad time, and we were able to help him. When he left, he gave me a Tambo Teddy, and it meant so much to me that really? this guy sort of thought this was something very special. Oh, well, that's lovely to know. I wonder what number it was. Oh, I've got it at home. I can't <laughs> tell you the number for that one. Well, I think now they're up to probably 56,000 or something like that mm-hmm. over the years, yeah. But um, we diversified. We started off with a teddy that had a little round face and we called it a Toby teddy. And then we found another pattern that we adapted and it's got the longer nose and we called it the Basil teddy. <laughs> Simply because I think the first one we called Tambo Station Toby and the one Barwinick Basil, I think, was the one. And so that sort of stuck. So we had Tobys and Basils. And then we made a little flat teddy that we called the Bicky Bear. And they took off like wildfire. They're just so gorgeous for little babies and things to grow up with. With the teddies, were there ever times when you thought, we just can't continue? Oh, yeah. It did get overwhelming when we got... We were offered a, um, to make teddies for Walmart in America, but what they wanted was a completely dressed-up teddy, and they wanted it at their price, not what we could make it for. And, you know, that sort of thing frightened us because we didn't have the amount of people. We had other ladies that sewed the clothes for the teddies and made the clothes as well, So, but we didn't have a big, huge amount. We wanted to keep it more or less individual not mass production yeah not mass production you've always you've always get the teddies as individual items what were the best times for you in terms of making tambo teddies for you oh look definitely meeting all the people that came and talking to people um you know people are so nice they really are that love teddies i think they're they're a special breed and so that was probably the best thing. Tambo Teddy to me is a bit like Coca-Cola. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely such a well-known brand. Yeah, well, that's amazing, really. I mean, it, Landline did a program with us too, and that went worldwide, I think. And that was just another thing. We just got swamped with orders after that too. And Mary, you've moved on from Tambo Teddies? Yes, I sold out. I think it's a bit over seven years ago, and this two ladies now that own the teddies and they're doing really well uh they've probably disappointed me in a couple of ways and one was the fact that we wanted them to be made in tambo and now a lot of them are made in toowoomba but i guess that's their way of making money and that they've done it more as a business where i 
I tried to keep it that it was for Tambo uh, and keep it all in Tambo if I could. So your mission was Tambo Teddies for Tambo? Yes, definitely. Thanks very much for your time, Mary. Thank you. Thanks to Mary Sutherland, founder of the Tambo Teddies. And it's Rob McConkie over and out. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.